2: History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.
0: The Box of Oddities is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you access your podcasts. But we hope you give Castbox a try. The curator is greatly pleased with Castbox. We think it's the best.
3: What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: The world is full of stories stories of mysteries, of curiosities, of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside The Box of Oddities. Hey, welcome back, you freak. Hope you're having
2: a good week. We missed you. Glad you're here.
3: Yes, very. Love you.
2: (laughs) Very love you.
3: (laughs) No, I was just saying yes, period. Very period love you love period you.
2: this has been a particularly busy few days on social media and and emails things uh, I, gee, I think that one day we had like 50. Something like that, emails and comments. And so we're doing our best to keep up with them. We appreciate it. And we will answer all the emails. And we try to comment on as much as we can on social media as well.
3: Yeah. Though I've got to say, that baby made things so much harder for us.
2: Yeah, the cute little picture of the baby wearing the Box of Oddities onesie. that Professor
3: uh, Q, I call him.
2: One of, our, one of our freaks sent that in saying, hey, here's your youngest listener. That's pretty awesome.
3: Oh, super cute. Definitely check it out. He's on the uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Speaking of photos, we got a super cool email uh, in our inbox, curator at theboxofoddities.com that I wanted to share. Um, I just thought this was just swell. And uh, so if you don't mind me taking a moment, here we go. M wrote to us. And said, love you guys. I listened to your post-mortem photography episode and, unfortunately, related. My grandfather passed away a year ago. And before the wake, at the funeral home, my aunt asked all of us if it would be weird to take a pic of my grandfather. Everyone said, no, it's fine. A little weird, but fine. And by the end of the night, and by the end of the wake, my aunt started saying they wanted family photos, My poor father had to stand beside my dead grandfather with the whole brood smiling. (laughs) My father just did what he was told while my fiancé asked my mother if this was a family thing that we usually do. She said, no, this is your father-in-law's crazy fucking family thing. (laughs) My mother fiancé and I just sat there trying not to laugh hysterically as these morbid family photos were being taken. So far, they aren't framed, I hope. Thanks again. Hanging my freak flag always, M. Oh my goodness. What
2: would you do if you were at a loved one's funeral and and a family member said to you, you know what, let's go take some selfies with the dead
0: guy.
3: It totally depends on the person that was asking me to take the photos with Uh them and what their relationship was to that person. Okay. If it was like you... And we were at our bus driver's funeral, you know, I would be like, um, no.
1: Hmm. Uh,
3: But if it was, let's say, you know, my BF and it was her mom's funeral, I would say, heck yes. Sure. I will do exactly what you want me to do.
2: Because it'll make you feel a little better. Right. It's totally
3: up to you. I have no say in this. I will just do what you ask.
2: Which it sounds like her father did.
3: Right. He was just kind of like, okay, whatever the family wants, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And I just feel like a lot of dads would do exactly that same thing.
2: Yeah, because they just want to get out of there.
3: Right. (laughs) 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 Yep. (laughs) Like
2: any other place. Right. But especially a funeral. Let's go. Well, it's interesting that you chose that email to read because my topic today is funeral homes. Ooh. These are comments, stories, a collection of short stories from morticians, morgue workers, funeral home employees. Weird, creepy, strange, funny, sometimes things that have happened in real life at funeral homes.
3: So these are stories from people, but we can't verify it, right? Yeah. So
2: It's from Reddit. Okay. Also BuzzFeed. I got some of this on BuzzFeed. All right,
3: just so we know the context. Right. I don't want to be saying that these are things that actually happened when we don't know that they actually happened. We just know that there's stories that people say they actually happened. Yes. Or yeah. something.
2: Something like that. Yeah. 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 But I choose to believe that it's true because it's so interesting. One funeral director said that... Uh, They once had a dead clown funeral. This person was was buried in full clown costume and makeup. Oh, no. How could you go? You know, it reminds me of an old TV show, the Mary Tyler Moore show from like the 70s, where there was an episode where uh, Chuckles the Clown died and they buried him in his clown outfit. And they couldn't stop laughing. It was like that suppressed laughter that's so contagious. Right. That's what would happen to me.
3: I just keep hearing in my head, ha ha. Ha ha. Like, you know what I'm doing, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The little horn honk.
3: Honky horn thing. Yeah.
2: The whole family was also clowns. Oh. And so they all dressed in their clowning personas. And apparently their friends were clowns. Oh. So their friends dressed up in their clown outfits and they requested the funeral directors to wear clown outfits. They did their makeup and they gave them big floppy shoes.
3: Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, I try to be supportive of people's hobbies, but I, I will never get clowns. I just won't.
2: The uniting style of makeup that they chose was they put one teardrop in the eye oh, of each of each clown. Like, like
3: murderers yeah, in prison. like
2: they busted a cap on somebody's ass in the clink.
3: Ew.
2: Yeah. This one guy went to collect a body from an old folks home one time. He was on, you know, pickup. Duty. Duty, thank you. <laughs> and so he walked into uh, this particular nursing home facility, and it was a shared room, and uh, he collects the body. He tries not to disturb the other person. Collects the body. They're driving this body to the funeral home, and they got pulled over by the police. Uh huh. And while they're on the side of the road, they heard coughing coming from the back of the hearse. I
3: knew it. I knew it. He picked up the wrong body. We got
2: the wrong one. <laughs> yep. Now, did you know this? A lot of funeral homes. People often wonder. Of course, you know, are funeral homes haunted? They're creepy. You know, is there uh, spiritual residue there? Mm-hmm. Apparently a lot of a lot of people at work at funeral homes believe that that's true and some of them actually have a, a, a range of cleansing rituals that they do like burning sage
3: mm-hmm.
2: burning sage is pretty well known there are some other lesser known more obscure ways like leaving glasses of water to absorb energy uh they even hire specialists or mem- members of religious orders to come in and and cleanse the uh the funeral parlor
3: uh-huh. <laughs> That's just what I'm doing when you find those half empty glasses of water around Vine the house. house yeah. yeah, that's just, yeah. I'm making sure yeah. energies and such. Okay. Just quit bugging me about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just put your dishes in the dishwasher, for God's sake. <laughs> they also don't recommend bringing animals or small children into the funeral parlor because they perceive more things than we do. Uh, explained one employee, she says that dogs will sometimes start barking at nothing at all, or at least nothing a human can see.
3: Yeah, well, that's in the horror movies. That's how you always know that things are starting to ramp up. It's when the dogs start barking. Oh,
2: sure, yeah, 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 and then the music gets more ominous.
3: Exactly. That's why I'm not afraid of ghosts because I just wait for the music. I haven't heard any music yet, so yeah.
2: Um, this one guy is he's preparing a body for a viewing. He's down in the uh, in the preparation room. Sure. He's got him in the casket. They're all embalmed and dressed, and he's just he's just. Tucking the guy in, more or less. Sure. He gets everything situated perfectly, closes the lid, takes it up to the viewing room. The wake is uh, is is underway, mm-hmm. and he goes to make a call. He can't find his cell phone, so he goes to the front office, and he calls it, and the coffin starts ringing.
3: Oh, no. His cell phone
2: fell out of his jacket pocket, and, and it was in, in the guy's casket.
3: I guess it depends on what his ringtone was.
2: That is an excellent thought. Let the body sit let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. So he said he got his phone back, but he threw it out and got another one. Sure. Which is what I, I would do. I've never lost my cell phone in a cask. but one time, I, I dropped my expensive sunglasses in a porta potty.
3: Gone forever. Yep.
2: Yeah, I went in, put them up on my head, looked down. Oh, yeah. There they go. Yeah. Anybody want a pair of uh, Ray-Bans? All you need is like... One
3: of them old man pinchy things. And
2: a a jug of bleach.
3: And a sturdy constitution.
2: (laughs) This story comes from a doctor back in med school during an internship at the coroners. He said, I saw a case where a man in his late 50s was found dead at a home, although under quite peculiar circumstances. His body was found standing up, standing in the bedroom with one leg raised and resting on the edge of the bed, basically like he was about to climb into bed and then just died. After further examination, they determined he had a heart attack, but they have no explanation as to why that would happen.
3: So, like, he was Captain Morgan style?
2: He was Captain Morganing.
3: That's amazing.
2: And they said it's impossible for somebody to have staged that because they would have had to come in and basically hold the corpse up for hours until it became stiff to stand on its own or that uh, his death was so sudden that it happened at just the right moment so that his body would be perfectly balanced and not fall over. How weird is
3: that? That is amazing. Amazing.
2: One person writes to Reddit, says, both my parents are funeral directors. At one service, the wife of an older gentleman had passed away. Uh, The widower widower showed up to the funeral with his new girlfriend, who was much younger and was wearing a very revealing outfit. Uh, Whenever the husband would begin to cry, the girlfriend would, would grab his head and bring it to her bosom to comfort him. Shortly don't after,
3: worry, baby. We'll get through this together. Huh?
2: as she smacks her gum. Shortly after the ceremony ended, the husband uh, asked one of the funeral directors about the flowers from the funeral. He wanted to know if he could take them with him. For his wedding this coming weekend to his new fiance.
3: Oh, my. What? Yeah, funeral flowers. Well, at least you know you're marrying someone thrifty.
2: The Drizzlin writes, My husband used to work at a morgue, and the stories he'd come home with were something else. I've heard from others in this field of odd experiences of bodies sitting up, you know, rigor mortis and sure. muscles tightening. That's not that uncommon, although that would freak me the fuck out. If I'm down there at midnight, you know, and bombing a body and I turn around to pick up, you know, one of them sharp cutty things mm-hmm. and out of the corner of my eye I see the guy sit up, I would fudge my linens, as my mom used to say.
3: Be right out of there.
2: But in this case, it was not just a a case of a body sitting up. Her husband left the room and then came back and the body was gone. He was the only one there in the uh, morgue at the time. The body was gone. So we thought maybe, you know, he had sat up and fallen off the gurney or something. Looked around, couldn't find him. It was in the middle of the night. So he starts looking around for the body. He finds the body in the hallway, collapsed in the middle of the hallway. What? And he has no idea how it got there. He thought, you know, I don't know, maybe.
3: Thieves? I don't know.
2: Can a dead man walk? Is it a dead man walking?
3: Maybe like so they can sit up because of the muscles contracting. And muscles contracting is basically just how a snake moves. So maybe he was like, creep,
2: yeah, he was doing the worm. Maybe that's what he was doing. There obviously has to be some kind of a anatomical explanation for, for that. For sure. There was another guy who said uh, he was uh, preparing for a funeral of a hand model and when his family came in they set up all these portraits of him but they were just pictures of his hands <laughs> from various national advertising campaigns that he had done.
3: Oh, that's wonderful. They were so proud.
2: From Spitzfire on Reddit, says, uh, I'm a mortician. I had a service in a mausoleum a few years ago. The wife of the uh, decedent uh, had been adamant that her husband not be buried, that he be put in a vault above ground. Uh, she was mourning his death and chose a double-depth space where she uh, and her both her husband's casket would ultimately fit. They could be entombed end-to-end end like train cars. So there they were. They were all there. Final words were being said. The minister blessed the space... And the ceremony workers hefted the casket on the rolling device and uh, slid it into the concrete space over a bunch of BBs that they laid in there so it would roll more easily. I didn't know they did that. Yeah,
3: it's the same way that they built pyramids. Go ahead. You figured it out!
2: They pushed the casket all the way back in there, and the cemetery worker started getting their tools to seal it back up again. And the woman said something like, uh, "I'm so glad that I've I've put him here above ground because now if I want to come visit him, mm-hmm. then I can just come here and they'll open it up and uh, bring him out and lift a lid, and I can visit with him." And they're like, "Um, oh, oh no, ma'am, that's yeah,
3: that's, that's not how this that's works. That's not
2: how it works. Once we seal this, it stays sealed." Until it's your time to join him, we were just staring there blankly at him. At her, it says here. Suddenly, she just went crazy. She started screaming and thrashing. Before we could stop her, she crawled into the tomb and started clawing at the casket, screaming and crying. All we could see were her two feet sticking out, flapping about. Fifty people gasped and stood there horrified. We had to reach in and grab her feet and drag her back out. She clawed at the sides of the enclosure. When we got her out, her dress had come. Way up exposing her undergarments, and she was covered with dust, filth, and BBs.
3: Oh, that's so sad. She started
2: screaming and rolling around on the floor. Her family had to drag her away. Oh,
3: super so, sad. So we
2: could seal the tomb. Yeah, that's that's kind of a that's that's no clown funeral. No. This comes from she farts in beauty. One of the more bizarre things to have happened as a director, this is a favorite amongst close friends of mine, I had to cancel a date because I had been on call for several evenings in a row. I would just keep my schedule clear as opposed to cancel at the last second, unless it was a friend who understood what a pain in the ass my job could be. I had several poor experiences with new dates. So I was on the uh, Plenty of Fish social media dating site, and that site is Bizarro Town, to say the least. So <laughs> so I messaged this one guy back that had reached out to me and said, we'd do something uh, super rad as, as soon as scheduled allowed, whatever. I almost felt guilty for blowing him off, especially since I, I didn't hear from him. Guys will get pissed or just not believe my job and think it was a joke. So I get called in, It's late at night. I have to embalm a body. My boss has been awesome and had other assistants uh, do the removal. I went in, did my thing, didn't pay much attention until I was done, and went upstairs at the funeral home. This was the time before, you know, smartphones and 4G at our fingertips. Next time I went back on Plenty of Fish, I realized that the guy I embalmed was the guy from Plenty of Fish I was supposed to go on a date with.
3: Oh my goodness, girl. Talk about a stiff, huh?
2: Oh, hey. Right? Whoa. And finally, this comes from Fire Medic, who says, My best man is a funeral director. A grieving nephew walks up to him and says, Hey, um, I'm going to be bringing something to put in the casket. Is that cool? And uh, they said, Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I just want to make sure it's cool if I put something in Uncle Mark's casket. Yeah, that's that's fine. Now, this is pretty common. Sure. And sometimes people would like to send their Uncle Mark off to the afterlife with a bottle of their favorite frosty beverage or whatever the case may be. Sure. So this guy walks in with a cooler and goes straight to the casket. He pulls out a couple of unlabeled jars from the cooler and goes to put them in the casket. They say, what the, what the hell's in those jars? Evidently, nephew's girlfriend had had a couple of miscarriages and since they were devout Christians, they believed these babies deserved a proper burial. They just weren't willing to pay for it. So to hear my friend tell it, the nephew says, quote, Well, it's real expensive, and so we've just been kind of hanging on to them in the fridge until mom goes. But it's kind of freaking out my living children. Uh, so we figured we'd just bury them now. That's cool, right? What the hell? You've got two dead babies in jars in the fridge on the condiment shelf next to the mayonnaise and the jalapeno peppers?
3: You know, I always thought it was weird that when I was a kid, we had a bag of baby rats in the freezer, but um, nope, this wins. This wins on the weird scale.
2: That was the feed your snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, there's a reason for that.
3: Well, they had a reason. It just uh, was gross. Oh,
2: man. I can't... Can you... It's like the Motor Museum right in your fridge. Hey, there are babies in jars. That's upsetting. You imagine like guests come over to spend the weekend and they get the munchies and midnight they go out and they start rummaging through their fridge to make a sandwich and like, okay, some cold cuts, uh, some lettuce, uh, some... Oh my God! Dead babies.
3: I kind of feel bad for them.
2: For the dead babies?
3: No. For the adult people who were making those choices. <laughs>
2: They believed that the child deserved a proper burial. So I don't know how you kind of uh, pair that with storing them in the refrigerator.
3: Right, with a freezer cake. (laughs) With a
2: freezer cake. I was just going to say that. You were not. I was too.
3: Aw.
2: All right, that's all I got for you. Weird stuff from funeral homes. (sighs) Yeah.
3: That last one was really upsetting.
2: Slash
0: amazing.
3: Yeah, that's true too. It began
0: as that stuff that didn't seem to fit anywhere else. It's become... That thing in the middle.
2: A few weeks ago, we played a voicemail from a drunk woman who uh, was trying to pick a guy up, and apparently he had given her the wrong number on purpose. So she's like, Ryan, Ryan, I like your little shirt and your little pants. We got a lot of comments about that one. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe what we could do is another in our series of...
3: Drunken voicemails?
2: Yes. It's a public service on behalf of the Box of Oddities. Please, if you're going to drink, don't dial.
3: Oh, disagree. Call me. I almost got your voicemail. That was kind of weird. Oh, oh yeah. This is God. And then you're like, what?
1: That was you. And I'm like, excuse me. Like, how? How dare you? Yeah. I love you. That was gross. I just threw up like sometimes. What are you doing? Okay. So. I kinda cheated on you. I I went to a party and and I gave some guy a lot dance and well, he was kinda cute. And then I started kissing him. And then well I made me pregnant because I didn't have a rubber on me. So don't judge me. I really tried to settle down Huh? Like, oh heck no, she wear my necklace. She's like, That's bought my necklace. I was like, that's right because it's my necklace. And she's like, you want
2: to go, girl? And I was like, yeah, I want to go. And we caught the fade and there was blood. And I don't know how to miss that story any better. This was really good because I won. So um, do so yeah. <laughs> I like how she just kind of she just kind of goes from hey, I'm having a good time, woo woo woo. So okay. Love you. I cheated on you. And then she just goes right into it. Just launches right into it like it's the most logical transition possible.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of ground covered in that voicemail.
2: Remember, kids, if you're going to drink, don't dial unless you call Cat.
3: <laughs> yes, please.
2: And then be prepared to get heckled.
3: Oh, well, yes. Obviously. Or, <clears throat> as the kids say, obvi.
0: Not every box in the world should be opened. Just, you know, the odd ones. This is The Box of Oddities. All right, your turn. What you got for me?
3: (laughs) All right, so you know how uh, we love museums.
2: We do love museums.
3: And there's a museum that I'm very interested in that I would like to go to that... um, I think we should talk about today. It's in South Walton, Florida, and the museum really only has seven prominent sculptures, but I think it would be a lot of fun. It's located off the coast of Grayton Beach State Park in Florida in the Gulf of Mexico at about 60 feet deep. What? It's the first underwater museum in the United States and it's officially open. Oh my God. Let's
1: go.
2: Yes. Tell me all about it. Is it is it like a museum they built over a shipwreck, or
3: no. why is
2: it underwater?
3: Okay. So the Underwater Museum of Art, also known as UMA, is a fascinating destination that is home to incredible sculptures and soon incredible wildlife as well. The South Walton Artificial Reef Association advised the Underwater Museum of Art, on how to ensure the sculptures complement the environment and not damage the environment. Hmm. So Andy McAlexander, the association's board president, told CNN Travel, we gave the artists parameters for what's permissible, material-wise, size-wise, for the sculptures and design, um, so they could create reefs in compliance with permits that they had available for that space. McAlexander's team also ensured that none of the sculptures were made of plastics or contained any pollutants or toxins. It has to be clean materials and they had to be environmentally sustainable. The project is a joint venture between the Cultural Arts Alliance of Walton County and the South Walton Artificial Reef Association, also known as SWARA. According to the CAA's website, most of the ocean floor near where the museum is barren stand flats. And so they saw this museum not just as a potential tourist destination, but a way to create a place for marine life. Oh, no kidding. The 2018 spring summer installation includes Propeller in Motion, uh, which is by artist Merrick Anthony. And he is the only of the artists who is not connected to this area in Florida. Um, He's actually from London, and his piece, Propeller in Motion, um, kind of looks like DNA. It's got a twisty, tall, it's about t- it, as tall as a man.
2: Like a double helix.
3: Kind of. But it's supposed to look like a propeller in motion. Mm, okay. Yeah. Then there's Self-Portrait by Justin Gaffrey, who's lived in the area since his parents moved to Walton when he was 10. And his work is partially inspired by nature, and his sculpture called Self-Portrait looks like a deer, and it's wiry and 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 looks like a deer made of wire. Okay. It's beautiful.
2: Kind of like our Christmas decoration of Rudolph.
3: Very much like that. Yes. And that's
2: not even underwater. You don't have to go underwater to see that. You can just come to our house.
3: Right, during the holiday season.
2: You just started thinking about Christmas decorating, didn't you? A little. Uh-huh.
3: Okay, focus, cat. Then there's the great pineapple by Florida-based artist Rachel Herring, and that's an eight-foot-tall stainless steel sculpture of a pineapple. Um, and that's designed to help small fish thrive.
2: Wait a minute. Fish? They live in a pineapple under the sea?
3: hmm SpongeBob SquarePants! Uh, the idea is that the, the pineapple is hollow, and so small fish can get in there and hide from bigger predators.
2: Oh, that's crazy.
3: Yeah. JYC's Dream is a creation by American designer Kevin Riley as an homage to Aqualung, arguably Jacques Cousteau's greatest invention. And it's a collaborative effort with the South Walton Montessori Academy primary students and their teachers. So it's a larger-than-life diver's head, which you would picture, like, Jacques Cousteau wearing. And then these big metal bubbles coming up out of it. And it's enormous. So ascending from the mouthpiece, the trail of bubbles, and then the students' individual designs were worked into those bubbles. And it's kind of cool how it all works together. Again, all fish habitats. The Suara Skull by Vince Tatum stands eight feet tall. It's very, it looks like a skull. Stainless steel jaw, nasal cavity, and eye sockets. Uh, the shape and then the dome of the skull cast of clean cement embedded with limestone to attract coral. So eventually you wouldn't even be able to see the, the actual sculpture itself. It'll just be covered in marine life.
2: It wouldn't look like a giant skull covered in, in coral. It would just look like, like a big blob. I want to see a giant skull covered in coral.
3: Well, I think it depends on how the coral grows. That's, you know, it's hard to tell nature what to do because as we all know, life finds a way.
2: I've heard that. What if people find like future generations, descendants of ours, Mm -hmm. you know, after we've blown this civilization up? Sure. um, And we come back from tree shrews. You know, which will probably be the only thing that survives that and mosquitoes and they explore this area and they find these things underwater. Mm -hmm. What would be their interpretation of it? Would they just say, oh, that's art. But why would they build art underwater? Would they would they say it's art that was above land and then it sank? Would they say that it's uh, UFOs? What would they say? That's an
3: interesting question.
2: These are the things that keep me awake at night. That and gastrointestinal discomfort.
3: Yeah, well, that's your late-night snacks.
2: Ice cream.
3: Concrete Rope Reef Spheres by Evelyn Tickle...
2: Love her name.
3: ...is made using a patent-pending clean concrete formula developed by Evelyn Tickle to match the chemical makeup of an oyster shell. And that's made specifically for underwater reef use, which is so cool. This woman, Tickle, has actually invented hundreds of concrete formulas to enhance color, structure, sustainability, and most recently, for the underwater use to enhance marine habitat. That's
2: pretty cool. Yeah.
3: And then the last installation is called Anamorphous Octopus. That's by Allison Wiki. She was the 2011 South Walton Artist of the Year, and her piece is comprised of 16 tall metal bars each approximately one-half inch thick and eight feet tall by eight feet wide. What you see depends on what angle you look at the piece from, which is kind of cool. I actually want to show you that one. Hold on. Here it is when they're lowering it into the sea.
2: That's beautiful.
3: Isn't that cool? How
2: easy is it to, uh, to get tickets to this thing? And, and what do they do? Take you in a submarine or do you get to put on a really cool diving suit?
3: You dive. Oh. <gasps> I want to do this. It's cool, right? Over time, barnacles will appear, algae will grow. In a few years, the sculpture will become virtually re- unrecognizable. So a whole new ecosystem will start to form surrounding these pieces of art. Fish will start to gather to eat the bacterial growth. Sea turtles will visit the area to feed on algae. Sharks will circle to feed on fish. It's a domino effect, and that gives species a greater abundance of opportunities for propagation. And it looks so, so cool. If you want more information about UMA, you can visit umafl.org.
2: Well, that's going on my bucket list.
3: Well, we've talked about planning another trip down that way soon. Maybe we should.
2: I am totally in. How far off the coast is this?
3: It's at a distance of about 0.7 miles from shore.
2: Where's Walton Beach? What's that near? Is it on the west coast?
3: Well, it's the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, so yeah. Fish Booty Charters in Grayton Beach offers diving charters, and Emerald Coast Scuba in Destin can schedule private charters.
2: You're welcome for the free plugs, guys.
3: (laughs) Well, you want to know how to get there. Yeah, that's that's
2: true. That's true. That's fascinating. I I so want to do this and uh, put it on our ever-growing list of uh, museums. Most people have a bucket list, a list. We have several lists. I have a museum bucket list. Mm -hmm. I have an activities bucket list. Mm -hmm. I have a food bucket list.
3: Mm, food buckets.
2: Which is not how we eat it. It's not <laughs> what we contain our food in. It's never mind any hoozle.
3: Food always tastes better out of a bucket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the Box of Oddities. We uh, really love hanging out with you. We're so glad you're a member of our freak tribe. And uh, we would love to hear from you if you want to uh, hit us up on social media. The Sochmed. Or... Uh, send us an email, curator at com. Also, if you feel so inclined and you want to leave us a, a nice review, uh, that only helps the show. We appreciate that.
3: I would leave you a nice review. And you're, you're a great listener. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And if you you know, if you want, we could review your 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 cooking. We could review uh, your your handyman skills. We could uh, review your wardrobe
3: or your baby.
2: which we did this week <laughs> with that adorable picture from uh, as you've named the baby, Professor Q.
3: Professor Q, five stars.
2: All right. We will see you Thursday.
3: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
0: Fly it proudly. And so let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast On Twitter at Box of Oddities and Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved.
3: Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes.